It's no secret that staff shortages are plaguing industries everywhere. Attracting people to agriculture has never been more important and possibly never been more attractive and rewarding. The New South Wales School Weather Challenge recently held attracted over 500 students from 62 schools to Dubbo in New South Wales to judge the animals they've been looking after for up to six months. The initiative follows the very successful program started in South Australia many years ago. Hundreds of students and animals all together for the first time in a long time, shearing and processing taking place. What could possibly go wrong? Welcome to The Yarn. It's a podcast for the wool industry. I'm Marius Cumming. So we will hear from one of the winning schools in a minute, but first, competition coordinator Ben Watts explains why this has been such a winning formula for education and for industry. Yeah, I think the thing that makes this work is it's an initiative from industry. So you've got the Dubbo Show and Sale Committee. Uh, they're really the ones that have been running the New South Wales event, just like what happens in Adelaide. It's a committee that's behind it. Uh, I just try and coordinate things. I, I get the easy job. The committee does the hard work. Uh, then you know, you've got the larger end of New South Wales stud breeders really pull together as a team to run it. But we've also, even still from an industry end, uh, this year there was seven uh, young industry participants. So when I say young, you know, under 35, it was great to see them there. Everything from managers to contract scanners, that type of thing, who gave up their time to be there to to help set up, but also, just as importantly, to, to run workshops for the students. But then the other part, of course, is we can never undervalue the effort of teachers and parents, and the schools really do dig deep, but it's a big effort by those teachers who put in the extra effort to take on a, a team of weathers and run them at the school with the kids for six months, but to be prepared to pack up and take a group of students, send a load of sheep away, uh, that's a big effort from teachers. So it's really a combined effort that sees the result. And then, of course, finally, uh, AWI support, providing the staff and the shearers and you know, some of the resources that go behind it for the education side. It's great to see industry all pulling together for a, a common goal. Yeah, so I can, I can tell you from an AWI point of view, the staff absolutely love it. Um, so obviously the aim of... Uh, the School Weather Challenge is to introduce students to the industry and give them a better understanding of, uh, of what it takes to, to raise animals and, and, and a greater knowledge of the industry. Um, do you think that aim is, is being achieved now? I mean, just the sheer numbers would suggest so. I think it is, but it's in two parts. So numbers is great and, you know, through, we had over 500 students at the actual event at Dubbo the the engagement at school level, uh, the, the students that were directly involved in the running of the sheep back at school, obviously they could all get to Dubbo. We had over 2,000 students involved through that. But the other thing is just the quality of the animals where uh, the judges even commented only three years ago there were some teams there that really needed to you know, tune things up and lift the standard where... This year, the lineup of animals was just a, another whole level, and what that shows is that understanding around animal health and animal nutrition is lifting, and that's what we want uh, because it's great for students, uh, but it's also great for industry when those students 
go on from school or vocational training into a work role if they've already got that knowledge and to some extent that expectation that production should always be at a high level that's good for industry most definitely now in terms of uh, the results you have you sort of assess the the weathers in different um, ways I understand it there's restock of value wool value and carcass value yeah, so we try and break it up into different portions. Uh, we also work in regions, so we have coastal, tablelands, sheep wheat zone, rangelands. But what was really interesting this year, we actually had in the combined uh, value, Murrumburra High School uh, come up with a very high price in that restocker value. And what restocker is looking at is not the biggest, uh, heaviest growing lambs. It's the commercial value of if we were to buy these these weather lambs now and take them on and run them for the next uh, three years as a commercial wool cutter and then sell them into the mutton market, which animals uh, were best presented for that. And what was interesting there was to see Murrumburra come up with such a well-presented line of commercial uh, lambs. That was great. We also noticed that there was a fairly even split between the, the coastal areas, the tablelands, the rangelands, and, and that was great to see. Uh, when we looked at the wool value, again, what was interesting, we saw some of those similar animals, uh, similar teams, coming through and remembering that these lambs were delivered in March, all of one drop and shorn. Uh, so they've only got six months wool on them. And some of those better teams, it was fairly competitive up in the, the front end. There was only about $2.50 across the three lambs that split the top three teams. But again, we had Murrumburra at the front of the the wool very uh, closely only a dollar behind was Narendra High School and then Lightning Ridge High School right behind them only uh, just a touch behind and it's just great to see that the different classes valuing them uh, for their different parts of the market helps students understand that merinos can perform well in many different geographic areas but some might be more of a restocker breeder uh, we know we've got some of our uh, more suited wool growing areas. So it just helps the students see some of those uh, different uh, traits of a merino, what contributes to the profitability of the business. And then, of course, when we look at carcass value, there was some animals that were only a few dollars off in the wool, but then left to the front in the uh, carcass and... It was interesting that Forbes High School actually managed to step right up and win that uh, carcass value. With, you know, they were $20 above their closest team. So it's just interesting how different feed regimes and different geographic climates will push a certain trait uh, forward, even if it's in the same drop of lambs. And certainly, no doubt, uh, what shone through was the Gunnedah High School team was there in the placings on each one of those traits. And then, of course, when we looked at the total value right across, when we pulled them all together, suddenly that Gunnedah team that was in the placings all the way jumped to the front to win a, a champion uh, team. So that was great for the students to see that 
you know, different traits contribute to the profitability of a merino enterprise. Great to see so many schools involved, and particularly schools that don't uh, traditionally have sheep in their region. Where does it all go to from here, Ben? Where, where do you see it growing? Well, what we're trying to do is uh, the, the schools who are participating and also industry growing. What we're hoping to see is more engagement running uh, workshops with schools, both in the you know, traditional areas, but as you say, some of those non-traditional areas for merinos. What we're really hoping to do is uh, continue to refine some of the learning resources for students that they can use both at high school level and vocational level, but really start to help the, the teachers embed that into the, uh, the day-to-day learning while they're with the students. And then also, as the students become more and more interested, try and uh, create some more linkages so they can go and do some work placement and whether it's Christmas holidays or a gap year in the merino industry, we're really keen to try and really bring it end-to-end and help those students follow their, uh, you know, their inquiring little minds looking at how can I you know, turn this into a job or turn this into a career. But obviously in the industry, we're all crying out for good stuff. So if we can draw those people through... It's not about making a bigger competition. It's about really adding some value to it for the students. And also from an industry side of thing, the value uh, will continue to grow as we're seeing uh, participants come through and take on roles, uh, active roles and important roles in the industry. Yeah, it's absolutely invaluable and uh, a wonderful initiative. Uh, ben Watts, thanks again for joining us. Thank you for coordinating what is such a valuable part of the industry. Thanks, Marius. Ben Watts there, the coordinator of the New South Wales School Weather Challenge. And the overall winner, as we heard, was Gunnedah High School. And teacher Brooke Cowan explains how it all works. Uh, So the School Weather Challenge involves, um, to begin with, we normally go and do an educational day. Uh, Due to COVID over the last two or three years, it's been a bit up in the air. We've had some educational days and some not, and we usually collect um, a random sample of six weathers uh, from the Edulabra stud. Uh, They come to our school. Uh, They're all the same age from the same stud, um, and it's just a random selection. They come to the school, they get background fed um, for the the duration until the actual show itself. Uh, we then bring them down to the show and they are tested for wool value, carcass value and overall value. Um, and, yeah, it's a very, very good uh, experience for our students to get involved in, particularly with a study of, you know, sheep and wool production in Stage 5. Oh, fantastic. Now, I think you mentioned they were Year, year 10 students. So how long do they look after the weathers for and, and what does that involve? I think we had them for four months. I'm not entirely certain off the top of my head, but uh, for the time that we've had them, uh, our students in Year 10 this year particularly, they were have been involved from beginning to end. So they started weighing them. They weighed them when they first got to the school um, and have weighed them weekly from that point forward. And this year we actually incorporated an assessment task to go along with it so that at the end of this week, they're actually going to produce a portfolio that goes through and shows the beginning to end, so they do a bit of a backgrounding on Edulabra and where the sheep came from. Then they follow their sheep the entire way through, so their their weight their weight gain. Um, they also measured their wool length as they went through, 
Um, and then they did a lot of handling and whatnot to actually get the sheep calm enough to take through to the show. So four months is a fair amount of time to be looking after an animal intensively, and I presume possibly they're fed every day. How does that work with the students on weekends and holidays? Uh, for us in particular, our weekends and holidays, the staff, the, the teachers and our farm assistant actually look after the feeding. For us in particular, we only had our animals on a lick feeder, so they only got what they needed. Um, and they were just being fed pellets and oats. So for us, it was a lot less involved in terms of the feeding day by day, um, and we sort of just monitored their consumption throughout that as well. Good old teachers and, and staff, of course, having to feed the animals and, um, and keep yep. those lick feeders up. But yeah, what, what exactly have the, the kids, the students actually got out of it, do you think? Well, they've got a massive, a massive amount of information and a, and a better understanding of what the sheep production cycle is like. Um, particularly for us here, we quite often only get to see some parts of the sheep production cycle. We have our own um, meat breed stud here at the school, but the students only get to see certain parts of that and they don't normally get to see how merino production um, is run. So for our students, it's, it's really good for them to see that side of things and then to head off to the competition over the last three days. They get to go through all of these workshops that have been organised uh, and they're learning so many skills about how to judge wool, um, how wool is classed in a shed, how wool is classed when it goes through to the processes, um, how we judge on carcass traits um, and, and what is involved with shearing as well. So they gather all of this information um, and knowledge as they go along and then they can take that away with them. Another bonus that we have found as well, particularly with the competition coming back this year after COVID, was the networking that our students got to do um, with industry leaders that were at the showgrounds over the last three days. That's as important as most things as well, of course. So how did the school perform? I hear you've done very well. Yeah, yeah, we have done extremely well. It was quite unexpected for us to come away with the awards that we got, um, particularly the overall champion of the show, um, but it, we are ecstatic with our result. Oh, congratulations, and uh, it's much a, a win for the teacher as the student, so congratulations to you, Brooke, because uh, it's, it's the students uh, that, that benefit, but you, you put in the hard work and uh, have to inspire them. Thank you very much. What happens from here, Brooke? I understand that the uh, the weathers are left behind and they get processed, for want of a better term. How do the how do the uh, how do the students deal with that? Um, they got a little bit attached to their uh, weathers as we've gone through this process, but um, we knew from the beginning that that was where you know the weathers were going to end up ultimately. So whilst they did get a little bit attached, they always knew in the back of their minds that 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 was going to happen. Um, so, yeah, the animals headed off last night um, to be sent through the abattoirs and their carcasses will be judged and we'll get results from those as well. Um, and then the value of our animals will be worked out and um, distributed. The, the results will be distributed to all of the schools uh, in a few weeks' time. Do you miss not having the chance to see the carcass and see that firsthand or is that something that you think the students wouldn't benefit from so much? Um, I think that they probably would benefit from it. Um, from a logistical standpoint, I think it would be quite difficult with the number, um, particularly as the competition continues to grow. Um, but we did, thankfully, this year we've actually had the opportunity at the showgrounds, Fletcher's 
international exports, the abattoir Dobbo, they actually brought through some carcasses that had been um, processed earlier in the week that were actually from a couple of schools that didn't have students attending. Um, so the students actually got to see what the final product would look like sitting in the chiller there at the showground. Oh, that's fantastic. I didn't realise that. You are sort of a, a living um, example of education in the in the wool industry, having succeeded at the National Merino Challenge years ago. Um, what's been your career Thank progression? You. Uh, my career progression, I started my agricultural, uh, I guess, wanting to be in the agricultural industry back in high school. Um, I got into doing the show team and that sort of stuff when I was in high school and, and that was where my love of agriculture grew. I decided when I graduated year 12 that I was going to head off and do a Bachelor of Animal Science down at Wagga Wagga at CSU University there. Uh, when I was at CSU, we competed in the National Merino Challenge, which uh, in that year was actually held in Adelaide, um, and we were quite successful there at that challenge as well, which was brilliant. Um, finished my degree, went on to be a sales rep in the animal pharmaceutical industry, um, did that for 12 months wasn't really my cup of tea um, and then I decided that I wanted to become a teacher to give students the opportunities that I had when I was in high school to be able to help them you know find an in- find a, a pathway that really suits them and hopefully bring up the next generation of, of children to make, like, make the adults that, that make up our industry. The opportunities for young people in agriculture and, and indeed in the wool industry is, is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, I suppose, we, yeah, as an industry, we have, we have you to thank for feeding into that. Thank you. Yeah, no, we hope to, to produce some brilliant young adults heading into um, the sheep and wool industry. Um, and, yeah, this is where it starts. The, the networking that is available to these students, particularly in a competition like this, um, is incredible. And that's where you get your links um, and, and that's how you progress through. Um, so fingers crossed they take what they've learnt this week and they, and they run with it. Oh, Brooke, well, hopefully you're enjoying teaching. Is that, is it, have you found your calling? I think so. I, yeah, I absolutely love it. And, and there's nothing better than giving, giving students the opportunities that we had when we were younger, um, particularly students in a, in a lower socioeconomic environment where they may not actually get um, those opportunities given to them on a regular basis. So to be able to help um, these students see these experiences outside of their town um, and coming from an area that isn't really big on, on sheep production to be able to come in with the experience that I've got and um, help the students you know, create the meat, stu- meat breed sheep stud that we've got here um, and given these opportunities with the likes of the Merino Challenge, yeah, it's been brilliant. Oh, well, that's, yeah, that was, you've stolen my, my final question, Brooke, was uh, you know, Gunnedah is <laughs> not known for, for its wool production or sheep production, but it's great that you've got a stud there. We've got some merinos here that we, um, our farm assistant, he, he loves merinos, so they'll never disappear from the school. Uh, we'll always have them. We've got a couple of ewes here that we actually crossbreed with our, our pole dorset rams, um, and, we're, and we're bringing up our fat lambs from there to potentially send through to more competitions as well. Oh, Brooke, well, um, congratulations on your success once again, and, and uh, thank you for, for doing what you Thanks do, and um, all the best to you. Thank you very much. It's been great to chat with you. Brooke Cowan from the Gunnedah High School in New South Wales. And you can see a complete list of winners online or through the New South Wales School Weather Challenge Facebook page. While you're there, you can see the Wool Innovation Facebook page. And indeed, if you're interested in any of the educational initiatives, whether it be breeding leadership, Nuffield Scholarship, learn about wool, it's all there at wool.com. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode from me, Marius Cumming. Thanks for having a yarn with us.